description. Uh, for those of you that are just joining us tonight for House Call, go ahead and uh, again, like, share, let us know we're here, you're here. Um, share it, invite somebody in. We definitely appreciate the love and appreciate the support, uh, you know, with what we do here, trying to just talk about, sometimes we talk about topics that are relatively serious, sometimes they're middle of the road, and then other times they just, I don't know what we'd be doing sometimes. But uh, we definitely try to make every conversation count regardless of what the topic is tonight we're gonna just kind of have a little bit of a conversation with each other about um the recent executive orders you know a lot of people feel some kind of way about it i think uh we're up over 21 right around 30 some executive orders so far if i'm not mistaken or up around 21 uh that have been signed since biden had come into office uh some people feel some kind of way about that um you know because of previous tweets from Biden or, or, you know, posts from Biden comments where he said, you know, that uh, executive orders seem a bit tyrannical, um, you know, different things like that. One thing that a lot of people don't realize in politics is uh, it doesn't matter if you said it 40 years ago and a, and a completely different person, you know, when it fits somebody's agenda and narrative, they're going to throw it back at your face. And uh, that's, that's just the reality behind it. And uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, our thoughts, our comments, concerns on some of these. We may or may not talk about everyone. We, we, you may or may not agree with us. We may or may not agree with you. That's perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. I do ask that you maintain a level of respect, even the five of us between each other, that we maintain a level of respect. And, uh, well, at least y'all maintain a level of respect. This crouton's going to do, you know, I'm going to pretty much do what I want. I'm hosting. And... Uh, so, you know, with, with that being said, but all jokes, all jokes aside, uh, seriously, keep it respectful. Um, respect each other's opinions. Don't get nasty. Uh, I, I don't have a problem uh, banning you from, you know, from the Reflections page. You know, uh, I just, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't. Sorry. It is what it is. But, hey, I mean, Steve, Steve and Dax have known me the longest out of the group, and they can, they can definitely tell you I'm, I'm not real concerned with, with how liked I am honestly but uh so we're gonna go ahead and jump in and talk about that and with that being said gentlemen do you guys have one in particular that you want to talk about i, I don't have any particular that i want to talk about i think we just i i would i i mean i i would like to talk about what they really mean okay because i think a lot of people get executive orders confused like Biden came in and signed a whole bunch of executive orders to do nothing but undo the executive orders that Trump signed, right? So, and executive orders were never meant to make laws. Executive orders were meant to um, fix things that needed to be fixed right now and that were pertinent to the situation that didn't have to, that didn't have time to go through the process, right? Um, and I think people get a little crazy over executive orders, but an executive order can be wiped away from you in four years, just like what just happened. Uh, Trump decided a whole bunch of executive orders when he got in office. Biden came in and signed executive orders to undo what he just signed four years ago. So when you talk about DACA and him sign and Biden signed an executive order for DACA, right? Well, really, that only gave you a four-year pass until you can get that through the proper channels to get that into law, right? Well, the executive order that he signed today was a good one. Um, people people are struggling right now without health insurance. Well, the the the, the health the health insurance exchange is closed, right? So he signed an executive order to open the health insurance exchange back up for 
let people go get their health insurance in the middle of a pandemic. That makes sense, right? It's a short-term fix for the problem at hand, but the executive order process has, has gone out of control in the government, but, and it's only because they don't want to pass the law, right? You know, I I personally feel with the executive orders that it's become a, a, um, you know, it's my time to flex type of thing. And and it becomes, it becomes like kind of like a tit for tat. You know, I'm throwing a temper tantrum. I didn't get my way for the last four years. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this. And with some of it. And, And I think that's kind of been for several administrations. That's kind of been the approach of executive orders, unfortunately. Uh, where they are intended, like you said, to get something done in the now and afford an opportunity for it to be reviewed, looked at, and potentially become law down the road. Where now it's it's one of these, you know, it's my money, I want it now. You know, it's just this instant gratification. I want my way right now. Forget, you know, anything else. Now, I will say this before we continue. And I believe, uh, Ezra, I was talking to you about it the other day. Um you know, right now, the the Democrats are in a situation where you can't blame the Republicans at this point. You have the House, you have the Senate, and you have the White House. And so you can't, you're, you're in a situation where you can't go, oh, it's all the Republicans' fault, you know. And, you know, honestly, it should never, it should never get to that point anyway, to where everything becomes about Democrat, Republican. But that's how we've begun to use executive orders. These these presidents come in and, you know, President Trump came in and he essentially wanted to reverse a lot of stuff that happened during President Obama's administration. President Biden comes in and he starts reversing stuff that, you know, happened during Trump's administration. Good, bad, or indifferent, but that that's just kind of seems how it's been over the last few administrations. And and so I think it, the like you said Danny there's there could be a misunderstanding with what they're for, what they are, you know, that type of thing. And, and so I think that's definitely something that that we we have to pay attention to and we have to educate ourselves on. Um because you can't we unfortunately live in a society where people people's mindsets and their voting processes and and their their thoughts as far as whether or not you're a good person are defined oftentimes by the majority of people in this country by your political affiliation and it, it, oh you froze Gary no I just stopped talking because you uh, started talking but and we live in a society where it's instant gratification. Right, right. right. So you got to give me this right now. But like, because I was watching uh, new, well, a news channel when he signed the immigration executive order and everybody was praising him for signing that. Like, oh my God, this is such a great thing. And my whole thought process behind that was, okay, so what are you going to do between now and four years to make this law? Because if you don't make this law, you lose the next election to to somebody who might not agree with your policy, they're going to come in and executive order you out anyway. So you only gave a four-year pass, right? And the, the, a, a lot of them issues are revolved around that instant gratification, and you see a lot of that with a, a, a lot of laws now. It, it, they don't want to work the process to make it law. And the process is the American people's process, and that's the process that people about whether you're a democrat or whether you're a republican the house 
the Senate and the presidency, you have to work your laws and processes up through there. And, and I'm with you 100%, Dr. Harvey. The Democrats can't lie, right? You have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. If you can't get anything done, it's because you didn't want to get anything done, right? Because there's no excuse for you not to get anything done. So you didn't have to sign all these executive orders to get all this done. You could have passed these through the proper channels and got the same thing done and had it sit on the books as law, but you you didn't want to work that process. So I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Where I stand, immigration, everybody praises Joe Biden on because he signed the executive order on it. I give him no props on that. Put it in the law. Make it stick. And if you can't do that, then then, then you put everybody else at risk. See, a lot, of, a lot of things... You know, a, a lot of things with that in, in reference to that, like, I appreciate the immediate effort. I appreciate the, hey, these are hot topics, um, you know, and executive orders, again, are they're quick, immediate fixes. They're not, you know, hey, let's make this a long term standing law. You know, that that ultimately doesn't fall on the president in all actuality. That that doesn't. It goes back to the Congress, you know, the, the House and the Senate. In reference to that, I will say this in reference to the ones that I've seen that have really that have really kind of caused a. I don't want to say uprising, um, but definitely a, a, a division of, of support was the one with the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, that one has definitely and 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 I understand both like I was talking to my son about this. Now, here's the thing that blows my mind. I have a 17 year old son. In high school, he has more maturity and more understanding of things than most 60, 70-year-old people I talk to, 40-year-old people I talk to. And so he and I were talking about it. And, um, you know, there's portions, there's several people that are, you know, potentially without jobs, upwards to 55,000, 60,000 jobs that, that essentially get axed because of that. I get it. You know, I, I understand that side of things. It's, it's very unfortunate. There's communities that were benefiting economically from this pipeline. I get it, 100%. But I also recognize the fact that we have taken a group of indigenous people and we have said, live here, this is your land. We, we dictated that. Even though it was theirs to begin with, we said, hey, even though it's yours, we're going to let you call this yours. We're going to give you permission to say that those pants you're wearing are your pants you know is is essentially what essentially what we did as dumb as that sounds that's essentially what we've done so we give them this land and we we say that you know you have a level of, of autonomy on this land the pathway of the pipeline goes through an area that you know is considered uh, you know important sacred spiritual however you want to word it so to disrespect that to give somebody else a job while unfortunate, and, and, and I know this isn't a popular opinion, while it's unfortunate that people are without a job at this point, they, I, I still feel it's the right thing. Because, because it's, a, it's a level, it's like this. If, what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put a pipeline through your backyard, and you know what, you need to, I don't care how important 
that barbecue pit is to you and i know this is oversimplifying it and i'm, I'm not trying to like disrespect it but you're not going to let me just drive through your backyard and move something that's important to you because i want to put a pipeline in there and because other people need jobs and and so it's it's unfortunate but that one i actually i was actually supportive of you know i understand that you know after the process is completely done it can be a clean and safe um you know it, way to move the fossil fuels in a lot of instances i understand that um but at the same time to not respect a group of people and and not respect kind of where they stand after we've already said hey this is your land and now we're saying oh wait we want to use this part of it regardless of what it means to you just hold on we're, we're going to use this and then when we're done we'll let you do whatever you know to me is a level of disrespect and again i understand people don't have jobs but i'm kind of curious why you're in such an uproar over that but you're not in an uproar over the people that in your community that aren't working i think that it goes unfortunate and that's what the issue is it's not about community anymore it's about what my personal things are what mm. i want and how is it going to affect me and my family it doesn't matter until it directly affects you kind of like the prison thing which i'm sure we're going to be talking about that too because there's some issues with that too you know what i mean it's like it's it it depends on how you look at things and how you receive them and how you educate yourself on those things yeah exactly Go ahead, Dax. You look like you want to say something. I'm glad Ezra hit on that because that's what Dr. Martin Luther King was talking about as far as rugged individualism. It's when you use uh, capitalism all for yourself and none for nobody else, that's rugged individualism. That's exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. with America because that's, what, that's all we've been taught. Survival of the fittest for yourself, nobody else. Mm -hmm. So then, you have all these wars and fights and arguments from 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 the living room to the to to the top political office. You're gonna have issues. 
just because of the fact that America is leading in this BS. You know, it's crazy because of the fact. No, I, I find it I find it hysterical because um, from a Christian perspective, right? You know, conservatives specifically, you know, tout Jesus all the time. But if you really study Jesus, he was more of a socialist than anything. I mean, you know, you know, honestly, if you really look at it, um, you know, if you really study out Scripture, and um, you know, capitalism is is unfortunately, you know, it's become so embedded that even folk that think they're woke are still dreaming. And, you know, the, um, you know, it just, just because you, you hop on Facebook and grand rising kings and queens and, you know, you show me pictures of your crystals and, you know, you're all natural and all, you know, you're so woke. No, 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 no. When you begin to change self, when you become more aware, more aware of just yourself and become aware of other people and how you affect other people, now we can start talking about being woke, you know, um, and, and and so, like you said, that, that capitalism, it, it affects all, all aspects. I mean, that's why government has become what it's become, is, is capitalism. Like, you know, it's business to go into politics. You, you can say, hey, that's my career, you know, when before its intention wasn't the case. You were still going to go home and, and live your life and work your job and take care of your family. You were just there to end session. That was it. But now it's big business. You look at a lot of these politicians that have made their fortune in politics they started broke and now they got some cash yeah america is the biggest business in the world that won't admit it's a business mm -hmm. united states of america incorporated yep pretty much incorporated so i'd like to talk about uh some of the executive orders from what i see most of them actually have to do with uh covid 19 response a lot of and them so yeah that's something that would be an immediate response needed if he and his people uh, thought that things weren't being accomplished properly as he took office, and so they felt that way, mm -hmm. and they responded. I, I don't know, half of them are about COVID. At least all of the most recent ones are. Um, and so I find that to be necessary, even though I, I actually don't like executive orders um, and how much they are used. I think you're right, JR, they are. I think they're for emergencies and for directing the executive branch of the government. Right. However, that has extended beyond the executive branch many times. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I don't think that's right. And the justices, it's their fault too because they won't dig into these executive orders. It's their job to claim that they're unconstitutional if they are. Right. Um, but uh, besides that, there are some things that I, I, I applaud uh, there's a lot of equality things, a couple equality things that he talked to, that that he signed into order, like protections for LGBT, LGBTQ uh, individuals. Uh, I think throughout the whole country for hiring purposes, or maybe the federal government, or both. Uh, also for the military, and so I think no matter what the laws, what people think, the law should be equal to everyone, and so I. I approve those executive orders, um, and those should then adjust real laws, as you're talking about, Ezra and Danny, they should be signed into law. Um, I think those were necessary, but uh, I'm not sure about all the rest of them, but I am excited to see this Texan thing play out moving forward. <laughs> um, 
it has no bearing on me for sure. I don't care if there are 49 states or 53 states, but um, it's interesting to read about the processes happening now. If you didn't know, uh, a bill has been, it's already been claimed to be unconstitutional, unconstitutional for a state to secede. And so whatever steps Texas takes, if they decide, can't just be by saying we're out. But um, there's a bill in place in Texas, I think today got put in to have the people in the country or <laughs> in the state of Texas vote if they want to leave the United States. Mm. There's uh, And it has a lot to do with the executive. The reason why I bring it up is the executive order to defund the building of the wall currently. Yeah. There's a hold on the funds. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Yeah, so there, there's also that. There was also a bill introduced to make D.C. a state as well. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, honestly, it's it's unfortunate that there's a lot of... We're seeing a lot of temper tantrums uh, right now, for a lack of better words, um, because I'm not getting what I want. And, you know, it, it was funny because when Democrats lost four years ago, Everybody got told, you don't like it, leave. Right. Right? And um, so now it's kind of the same thing. You don't like it, leave. And Texas is like, okay, we're, we're going to leave. And um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's just kind of, it, it's, it's comical to me and sad at the same time that, that this is where our country's gotten, that, that we, have, we have gotten so divided based on I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat that it's it's we can't even attempt to work together you know like people aren't even attempting to give this administration an opportunity just like people didn't attempt or didn't want to attempt to give trump's administration an opportunity or you know president obama's administration like i hear all the time about how you know president trump is the most disrespected president in history and i'm like were you not around for the eight years president obama was in office like you know maybe maybe not in your community maybe he wasn't the most disrespected in your community but i can take you to some you know, I, I can take you to some. I can take you to some, not even, you know, domestically, but we can talk about internationally, you know, the level of disrespect. And and with, with that being said, you know, there's, if you don't give the opportunity for it, to, whether you agree or not, that's, that's the, the beautiful, terrible thing about democracy is th- you got to give it an opportunity, even if you don't like it. You know what? It, it, it just, it's one of these things. It is what it is. Give it an opportunity. See if it works. So, like, there was the the transgender ban on the military, right? The reversal of that. So I got asked, because being a combat vet, I got asked how I felt about it. And I said, look, they want to pick up a rifle and head towards the bullets? I'm okay with it. I don't care what they call themselves. I, I, I personally don't. You know, they now... I think there's got to be some adjustments as far as like what they, you know, the physical fitness test and and those types of criteria, you know, across the board in the military, but adjustments are made all the time. You know, there's, there's always changes the policy and loopholes that are made to ensure that the number of soldiers that we have, we maintain a certain number. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care if you're a male, if you're a female, if you're a duck, if you're a, I don't, I don't care. Like, for real, like you could be the bodega cat for all I care. And if I'm going to strap you up, 
you know, and, and send you in like the Thundercats, I'm down with that. I don't care. Like, and, and being in combat is it, there's a different perspective that that lends you to certain things of, of what's important and what's not important. And, you know, that type of thing. I, I'm like this, listen, you want to put the uniform on, put the uniform on. I don't care what you call yourself. You know, you got just as much right to be in it as I do. You know, that's right. And my point is the, it's, it's the discrimination part. Yeah. Especially for a federal position, which you're an employee of the state or mm-hmm. the, the government as in the military. And I, I just think that, I, I think that I, I can't believe that we allowed an executive order previously to stop these things because it's straight up discrimination. Well, I get, at, I, I get attacked all the time from, um, you know, supposed peers in, in ministry. Um, because of my stance on certain things like this. And it's, it's comical to me because you're just, number one, you're just exposing the level of hate you have. That's the first thing. Um, you know, and then, and then number two, you know, on top of that, we do not live in a theocracy. And, and there's, there's nothing about my faith that's forced. And so I refuse to force it on somebody else, you know. And um, now... It doesn't work that way. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't. And, you know, that discrimination aspect is, 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 like you said, the fact that we allowed it to happen and, and, and so many praised it is, is mind-blowing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, I, and I look at it like, I, 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 I stand by what I said. I think executive orders themselves should be for the immediate moment, right? So, I, I, but the, the whole LGBTQ executive order... I agree with that. I would just like to see that into law. Like, don't yeah. let it sit there, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let it just sit as an executive order and say you did something, right? Because, you know, until you can pass that, it I, not executive order, but the whole the whole makeup and structure that we're talking about of voting and in Republican versus Democrat and the nonsense that's going on. But you know, I mean, they're even talking about having to take the stimulus package. And, and, and pass that through reconciliation. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, whether you agree with who was elected or not agree with who was elected, reconciliation was not built for these types of things. So you need to take your laws through the process, through the House and through the Senate, and they're either going to pass or they're going to fail, right? And like it or not, the people that elected them representatives are the representatives that they elected. You may not like it, and you you may disagree with it, And but at the end of the day, you need a certain number of votes to pass a bill. And if you can't get them votes, votes then you can't get them votes, um, and your bill's going to fail. But you should never pass a stimulus bill through reconciliation. Um, not when you're talking about one trillion two trillion three trillion dollars because when you do that you basically took the whole american voice out of it because you didn't take it through the process right and i i have issues with that i have issues with how they're doing it i have issues with it's just the fact that they have to talk about reconciliation um and that's even on a table as an option is offensive to me as an american because whether that bill passes or fails should be based on the American people, right? I agree. And who they elected in them offices. Mm-hmm. Now, me personally, this is a whole conversation for a whole other day, so I'm not even going to go in there. 
I think America has blown every stimulus bill it's put out. I think they've been absolutely absurd. Um, <laughs> this one being this one being no different. Look how so, look how I decked out my office with the stimulus. You know, you know I'll, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. Them them stimmies and uh and, and Robin Hood turned GameStop into a Fortune 500 company in less than 24 hours. But that'll be that 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 that's a conversation. That short squeeze is a conversation for another day. But, yeah, I um, want to make a comment. Which lets you know where your tax dollars are going. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's a whole conversation for a whole other day. Go ahead, but, Steve. You said you want to say something? Yeah. Uh, well, I forgot one of them. I'll probably get it in the middle of it. But one thing, one thing that bothers me about the game you're talking about uh, with getting enough votes in Congress for laws is something that I think has been detrimental to democracy, detrimental to the process. It has nothing to do with executive orders. Those are also, but um, the addition of things that are not related to a bill that's attempting to be voted on yeah. being put into the bill have nothing to do with it, but it's only in there so that one particular senator will say yes when it comes on the board. Right. Uh, and that senator is being paid by a lobbyist. And it's a, so it's, it's tough to say the game. that we want the process to go through and going through going through this process is not correct but going through the right process is also not correct anymore because it's all a bunch of garbage that just if i can get this in there then i'll vote yes yeah it's it's and it's i uh, can't stand it yeah exactly it's not it's no longer about the american people and right. and i you know unfortunately and it hasn't been for a long time it's it's about what's going to benefit me as that senator and my political career and future and and that's what it's become, unfortunately. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm sorry if you were still talking. Go ahead. You cut, you cut out. But Go ahead. I, I was going to say, my first executive order right now, as me and the presidency in the Oval Office, is to remove, what is it called? All the add-ons pork. that come on a bill. All the pork. That's, that's quote-unquote, there will be no pork in any bill presented in my office that I have to sign. There you go, Dax. If there is, I will immediately veto it or give it back to you. This is bullshit. That's it. And, and I've said that for a long time, and I agree with that. I think bills should come to the floor, and they should read just like this. Here's the here's the bill. Either either you this is this is exactly what we're voting on. That's it. Nothing else. And then you move to the next topic. This is exactly what we're voting on. So you should never have a trillion dollar bill. Because you should vote, That's right. You should vote on almost every item in that bill. Yeah, That's so right. e- exactly, individually. Like so, you know, instead of whether or not we're giving money to museums when people are struggling to pay rent, you know, right let's let's Exactly. Like we'll talk about museums on another day. Right now we need to focus on getting people money so they can pay their rent and put food in their belly cuz I got a big belly and I need a lot of food and so I need some money. I need well, my stimmy. That's right. something they're also talking about out there in the world is the executive orders that are, I don't know if they're a part of the executive orders, but from what I'm hearing, is sending billions of dollars to other countries. Yeah. That's the problem. While we need money here, I, I don't know if there's anyone that can, um, with integrity, say that that is, a, that is not a problem. But <laughs> That's a huge problem, but if it was voted up and down on you would know who stood for it and who stood against it, right? And see, see the other the yeah. other thing is the the other yeah. thing is too, is you'll have people vote against like the stimulus package, right? 
And okay, well, why are they voting against it? Well, they're voting against it because of something that's in the stimulus package that doesn't have anything to do with the stimulus package. Yeah, exactly. But when it doesn't pass, now I can make you, I can make you the scapegoat because right. you know the American people needs to know that this Democrat or this Republican voted against you getting your money. No, I voted against sending money to another country when I need to feed people in my own in my own state. You yeah. know, and 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 so. So there's, there's, politics has become such a nasty game. And, and I think that, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but I think, number one, you know, a third party, a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth party, like that whole process and requirements to get people in and, and, and you know, on tickets, I think needs to change. You know, you... I, I, this is where I can get to agree with Republicans. Like, this is where we come, this is where we meet, mm-hmm. is exactly what you're saying, is... Like, first of all, we need to take care of the American people first. I agree. I can talk to a Republican and be like, hey, senators need term limits. They can agree there. That goes back into your healing process. You, you start with those kind of conversations where you can go on, like we talked about last week. But the thing that gets me is that, like, like you're saying right now, with all the lobbyists that's invaded Washington and that are really running the country right now, like, we can agree that those are bad things and we need to get rid of lobbying in, 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 the, in the U.S. Senate. But it just goes to show you, like, all these things that, like, really could happen, like Hillary Clinton going to jail. Why did that never happen? Because she's Hillary Clinton. Why is Donald Trump not going to get arrested? It's all cash money, bro. Yeah. Cash money. Cash money millionaires. Oh, Cash money millionaires for the ninety nine. Number one stunner. <laughs> I I don't even and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that whole how we spend our money situation on a stimulus package alone because Yeah, I mean I we'll 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 talk about that. We'll, we'll, I don't want anybody on your channel to to, to, to get mad because I have my own views on what's going on. You think Olean needs an airport that they they charge twenty dollars a month for rent for a hangar, so we'll talk yeah we'll actually make that a conversation you know later later on but you know i want to i want to kind of you know circle back to to you know circle circle back to the uh, the executive orders right like and just just the country not even the executive orders themselves but people's reactions to them and um i think uh you know, Dax, you said, or Ezra, one of you said that until it happens to them, they don't care about, it. you know, people don't care about it. So, you know, I've heard since, you know, the National Guard was in the Capitol and they were sleeping in the garage and they were sleeping on the floor in the Capitol. Oh, my God. I can't believe we treat troops this way. I can't believe that they're sleeping on the floor in a parking garage. Oh, this is so terrible. This is so awful. Let me tell you a story, okay? It's story time with Papa G, okay? Listen. Fort Stewart, Georgia, 3rd Infantry Division, the home of the dog-faced soldier. Rock of the Marm, baby. Entire battalions of soldiers living in housing that was filthy mold falling apart leaks just just terrible terrible situations 
And um, yeah, you know, the public didn't seem to care at all. That's you know? part of the process, dude. Yeah, you know, it really I, I mean, toughened you up. You know, it's 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 yeah, but but you get these tampons, and, and you know, for those of you that don't know, I reference National Guard and and reservists as tampons because they're used once a month. Um, but uh, I I know it's terrible. And two weeks I'm a year. And two weeks a year. My fault. My fault. No, but you know, several uh, they they do what they signed up to do and enlisted to do. So there's no disrespect. It's all it's all in good fun and jest. Um, but. <laughs> Seriously, see, see, a civilian, a civilian can't talk about another soldier, but another soldier, yeah, we can rip each other apart. That's like family. But um, so you got you had the you had the Burger King Brigade and the McDonald's Division that was activated to be at the Capitol, and you know, be, and what was phenomenal is they were all getting fed pizza. They were all getting, you know, these local restaurants. And I think that's great. Like, I'm not knocking it. I, th- I think that's great that the community was taking care of them like that. But um, I don't recall when I was on active duty living in my barracks away from home or out in the field, I don't remember getting pizza. I don't remember anybody crying that, you know, my, my walls had mold on it and my command told me that I was making it up. And, you know, that, it, like Steve said, it makes, it toughens you up, you know, it makes you a better soldier. You know how many times I got told that in the Army, that it makes you a better soldier? And whatever I was talking about didn't have nothing to do with soldiering. Not in there, nothing, you know. But, but there's, there's the outrage because there's the lack of education and lack of understanding. You know, and, and same thing with the executive orders. And like Ezra was saying, and that, that was my point to say all that and a little bit of humor to kind of lighten the mood. But, you know, people see headlines. I'm offended. You'll get over it. Um, so, <laughs> people, you know, people see headlines and that's what they run with. They see the headline in reference to the executive order. And depending on who, what media outlet, like with the Keystone Pipeline, right? One media outlet, 60,000 jobs cut by the president. Hey, great job, Joe. Another one you know, ex- you know, the, the um, Keystone Pipeline's prevented from going through sacred land. It, you know what I mean? So it's, it's two different headlines, two different perspectives. And if we as American people don't educate ourselves and just think we woke, then we're going to keep sleeping. It, it's, it's just, it is what it is. And we've got to educate ourselves. We've got to know what's going on. And, you know, like with the stimulus package, you get, you get excited because you got, you know, $600 or two grand or $1,400 or whatever, whatever they've been. And okay, cool. But do you know what? Do you know what came with that? You know, do you, do you know what is part of that? So I think, you know, I think like Steve was saying, some of the executive orders in reference to like COVID situation, you know, they deemed it necessary. It needs an immediate response. That makes sense for an executive order for me. You know, it, it's it's not. It, it's an immediate response. It's not a indefinite period of time you know so to speak like the goal is to be done with this COVID-19 deal and and so cool I can get behind that some of these other executive orders that you're just doing because you're throwing a temper tantrum that you didn't get your way four years ago or you're trying to push a specific agenda those I struggle with those I have problems with I, I don't think you should be kicking out executive orders like you're emptying a bag of Skittles into a candy bowl you know I, I just I, I, I don't personally um if but you sign more than ten executive orders a day, you're probably doing too much. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. 
hey, you know, they, they tell me at work if I don't make a certain amount of calls in an hour, I'm not doing enough. So maybe he's just trying to be an overachiever. I, I mean, I guess you make too many calls, too. Quota, huh? Got to hit that quota. Make it look like you're doing something. No, but in, in all seriousness, like, I think there's benefits to executive orders, but I think... I think even in the executive branch, they've forgotten what the purpose of an executive order is. The bigger question for me about the whole executive order things, the whole, the, the, all the a lot of the ones that he signed, other than the COVID and the opening of and the LG, the COVID, the LGBTQ one, and the opening of the exchange so people can get insurance, right? Them ones I, I completely buy into. Them ones are immediate concern right now. But all the other ones, the question that I always ask myself is, why are you scared to take that through the process? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why you got to sign that executive order? Why are you scared to take that through the process? So, because if you really wanted that one bad enough, if you really wanted to make your mark bad enough, you would want to make that law, right? Why are you scared? You know, like, and that's how it's put it on the floor. And that's how I look at executive orders put that are on not put, put immediate. Why are you playing this game? Why are you playing this game of governance scared? Either you stand for it and you want a law or you don't stand for it at all. You know, they don't want to know the Democratic Party is just as split up as the Republican Party right now. They they They're really I mean and, and they ha- and they have been. And you know, that's you know, but you also have you also have the instance where I don't agree with you know, something big being introduced to be voted on and it not allowed to be picked apart and, and really read and really reviewed. And we went through that with the initial, you know, the initial introduction with Obamacare and, you know, this, this, you have to vote on it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't think that's right. That, that process, if, if we're going to introduce something, we need to pick it apart. We need to be able to look at it. We need to be able to go through it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not saying that Obamacare was bad, good, et cetera. I know people that helped. I know people that hurt. It hurt me personally, but it helped a whole lot of other people that I know, you know, so it's one of those give and take type of things that the American people, unfortunately, our government and democracy puts us in a situation. Sometimes we win some, we lose some, you well, know, talked about that in his book, though. what's that? I think. Obama, the, the, mm-hmm. his new book, I think it's called The Promised Land. I have it on my computer, I don't know. But he talks about that whole process, what he had to go through. I remember when it was going on, the one dude, I can't remember what senator it was, maybe someone watching will know, but he read Green Eggs and Ham in a span, a span of like eight hours. Like he read one word an hour. Yeah, just to, yeah, so, it, the, ign- the level of ignorance is, is can be astounding. Now, one thing that I will say, that, you know, I think that, so it was a skit done by, uh, Key and P- on Key and Peele. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that show or not, but, you know, Key and Peele, they did a skit with, with President Obama, and he had a bunch of, you know, politicians, you know, essentially Republicans in there, and he was trying to, you know, break bread and, and bridge the gap and cross the aisle, and ultimately it was one of these things where I'm just going to say the opposite of really what I want to do, because you just want to disagree with me. Like Steve earlier was like, I just disagree. I don't have any evidence. I don't have any, any justification. But I'm just going to disagree because it's coming from you. And politics has done that. When Republicans want to do something, Democrats say no because it's coming from a Republican. When Democrats want to do something, Republicans say no because it's coming from you know, a Democrat. 
And, and so you have a situation now where in order to get anything even moving, I've got to sign a bunch of executive orders. Because well, the kids not can't... Not only that, but it's, it's also people like uh, McConnell, Pelosi, I don't know who it was during Obama's time. Uh, but how do we get people like that that are the majority leaders who make the decisions on whether a bill gets read or not mm-hmm. to be voted on? Like... I don't know them personally, but they seem like the grumpiest, most <laughs> well, we're aggressively all. negative people towards people who don't believe what they believe. Right. That they could possibly put in that role, and so I don't know. I don't know what the process is, but when Obama was in office, what hurt Obama was the first two years he had. It was set up just how Joe has it right now. He had a Democratic House, Senate, and the executive branch. They had all of them. The following, after the two years was up and the Senate was up for election again, it flipped. Mm-hmm. The power went back to the Republicans and I believe the Senate, and then the, the Democrats had the House. But it passes through the House, then it goes to the Senate, and then the Republicans could hold it up from the Senate. And they couldn't get anything done. And Obama was, he was, he was, a lot of people gave him a lot of junk because he did use the executive order more than I think any other president. I believe, I believe that's where, yeah. that's where the executive order getting how it is right now is because he found a way to get what he wanted done through the executive order without having to go to right. the House, the Senate, you know, and, 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 and reconciliation, and he used reconciliation a lot. He used the, the executive orders and reconciliation, but it's something you just said, Doctor Harvey, struck me as 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 something that's so real, right? You talk about Obamacare and not being able to read it, right? Mm-hmm. How, how does that happen? Hey, well, exactly. That That's what I mean. Like, Think about the other big bills, right? Mm-hmm. The first stimulus bill that was passed, nobody read it. The second one, nobody read it. That was the big conversation on the Hill. We don't have time to read it, but we got to vote on it. Mm-hmm. Was it 5,000 pages? Yeah. But yeah, that's and and that's what I mean. Like, it's not even important enough. Like, like it's things are pushed through so quick, and it's like, yo, these are the people that we voted for, and and I say we loosely, you know, but you know that that the country voted for to essentially represent us and make decisions on our behalf. And my thing, and I've said this for a while, if you really want change, stop voting for the person that's constantly doing the opposite of what you want them to do. Start voting for the person that's really representing you. You know, like you, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doc. I just had this thought. I got this thought on my head. Mm-hmm. So, if if you just take the three bills that I just talked about, right, and we really talk about e- equal opportunity for everybody and doing the best thing for American people, right? Just the three bills alone, not even this two trillion dollars that's about to get wasted, right? So. If you just take them three on an airport, you literally could have paid for universal health care for everybody, free college education or, or trade school for everybody in in the country. And not just for a certain segment of the country, but everybody, you could have effectively eliminated Medicaid, eliminated Medicare or redid Medicare and went to universal health care 
and send every kid to college. One of, one of the reasons that you it, this, want America to become cat, uh, uh, social? Well, no, no, no. This is this is my opinion. This is my opinion in reference to. No, this this is my opinion in reference to healthcare. Right. I I believe that that is always going to be an issue of contention in this country because healthcare and and everything that falls underneath it. You know, your your prescription drug companies, your insurance companies, etc. It's become such big business that we won't acknowledge healthcare for what it's supposed to be, which is caring for people's health, like other countries are. It's a business, and so we have to keep the cogs in the machine running, and so that's why universal healthcare continues to get avoided. It's not because we can't financially make it happen, clearly. You know, and, and, and it's one of the big three lobbyists is Big Pharma. Yep. It, it, Oil, pharma, tobacco. Yep. Blow it up. Blow it up. Give everybody universal health care. Blow it up. You know. It's just that simple. It's yeah. just hard. But 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 if you do that though, if you do that now, here's here's the trickle down aspect, right? Because of the way that the system is currently set up. There's going to be a there's gonna have to be a sacrifice of businesses and jobs in order for that to happen. And so because of how it's been set up, that it, it's almost too detrimental, at least this is the excuse, too detrimental to do it that way, when really I don't care about if we lose jobs. I'm worried about the money the lobbyists are putting in my pocket. That's really what I'm worried about. And and it's the, Go ahead. Yeah, the trickle down is even farther than that. It is. In, in a few years after everything is universal. What it, there, there's going to be little motivation for a, someone to go to school for 12 years to be a doctor and start a practice when it's not their practice. It will be a federal. It'll be a federal organization. So it's it's more complicated than, than just signing. An executive it, it's order. it's more complicated here, but we don't have problems getting physicians from other countries. And and a lot of the reasons that we're able to do that, honestly, though, is because of what we pay our physicians. And yeah. because of the money they can make, but sure. you know the it's still it's successful. You know, in other places, other countries, you know, there's models that we can go after. But you're right, the, it it affects things on such a grand scale. You know, and even like trades, our trades in in this country, trade jobs are suffering because high schools don't do anything but push college down people's throat. You know, well, and and honestly, go ahead. And that's why you can pay for trade too. Yeah. Because yeah. Because here's because here's the thing. Here's the rub to all that, right? Is we can say all that, and that's a triple down effect and all that. And I agree, people lose their jobs. But guess what? No matter what system of healthcare you go to, you still need somebody to bill it out. So your biller still have a job. They just might be working for government instead of somebody else, right? So in 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 your doctors, yeah, they come here because they're raping the system. Hmm. They're getting kicked, you know, and we're paying for that. So, you know, they're coming here to benefit it, you know, to whose detriment? Ours, right? I know I negotiated some insurance contracts. I can tell you that this, that these things are out of control. Mm-hmm. And um, also, like, when you look at these things, there's little motivation for people to go to come here and be doctors. Well, no other, other countries aren't having a problem. But the the reason that I say that our argument's weak here is because until you can say 
that America has the number one healthcare system in the world, which it doesn't, then you can't say you're doing it right. And until you can say that America has the number one education system in the world, you can't say you're doing it right. Because well, the, because the truth of the matter is, America's at, on its good day, the middle of the pack. So edu- education... Uh, where we have moved on from uh, executive orders a little bit, but just one comment on that. Yeah. We, we don't, statistically, we don't have the best healthcare system. But we also statistically have really poorly uh poor rates of active individuals and real poor rates of the diet that we eat as americans mm-hmm. so the, when you rate the statistics of uh, health care you also have to understand that we are lazy bastards in this country and that's just stuff. part of the problem so so you know with 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 that you know i'll say you mentioned the educational system Freedom! you know our uh, our educational system is um is regurgitation it's it's you pay sixty thousand dollars to regurgitate information that somebody tells you otherwise you're not going to pass their class you're not you're no longer it used to be you were taught to think outside the box you were taught to kind of challenge challenge the the status quo think for yourself come to some conclusions um now it's just regurgitate for four years or, or you won't get your sixty thousand dollar piece of paper and then after you get your sixty thousand dollar piece of paper you go into a company and you're still making, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 dollars an hour like the kid that just graduated high school because you have no experience in the field. So, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Uh, you know, if you choose to go to college right away or you ended up going into the workforce and ended up completing your education while you were working, it's honestly no harm, no foul. You know, honestly, whatever career path you choose to take for yourself, right? But we have to find a way to make things appealing and encouraging. And going back to these executive orders, um, you know, one of the things that was appealing to many people the other day was the, uh, the, you know, President Biden, you know, ends contracts with the private prison system. Well, those are federal contracts. There's only a handful. Like, it's not like this massive impact on the country. Most of these prisons are state-run. They're run at a state level. They're not run at a at a um at a federal level and then on top of that the the federal prisons that are privately owned make up less than 10 percent of the prison system in the country so that honestly wasn't a big win it was a headline win and it was a pandering win but it wasn't an impactful win in in my opinion and you know i i think that i think it's good direction because i think the private the the private prison system has um, encourage that, you know, school, the prison pipeline, but the private prison system isn't as large, uh, even on a state level, isn't as large as people believe it is. Uh, a lot of it has already shifted to the state level. And, you know, while I thought that that executive order was great, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think that was great. I do. But at the same time, you got to understand what it really was. And that's that goes back to us talking about educating yourself, reading the meat of the articles and the information and not just the headline. And, and I think as we begin to do that, then we can become better ourselves in progressing and making decisions when it comes to voting and supporting and, and et cetera. We have to educate ourselves that these executive orders are going to make sense. 